It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10. It's a chance for us to showcase some of the articles in today's Times of London from our great team of contributors and correspondents around the world. I'm Jenny Barsby. On today's podcast, James Comey, former head of the FBI, tells us why Donald Trump should never be re-elected and also about the persistent threat to his family from MAGA. Also, Black Sabbath guitarist Geezer Butler opens up about his struggles with drugs and alcohol and what advice he'd give his 18-year-old self, plus another fairy tale ending for Manchester City, this time at the FA Cup. All that coming up in the next 10 minutes. If there was ever one good reason to subscribe to The Times Online, it is to read an interview done by Sarah Baxter, director of the Marie Colvin Centre for International Reporting, with James Comey. Just a little bit of background for you on Mr Comey. He was appointed head of the FBI by Barack Obama in 2013, managed to upset both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump after investigating both in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election. Before being fired by Trump in 2017, he found out via a newsflash on television. Sarah Baxter's piece today uncovers an astonishing insight into the 62-year-old. We learn about his childhood, how he was bullied at school for being overweight and at 16 held at gunpoint by a masked intruder who broke into his home. Comey worked as a US attorney and tells Sarah how in 1992 he put John Gotti, head of the Gambino crime family, in jail for extortion, robbery and murder. But it's his more recent history that captivates. Oh, and the fact that he's six foot eight. Sarah tells us what happened when Comey first met Donald Trump a week after his inauguration at a private dinner for two at the White House. Donald Trump demands absolute loyalty. He wants that personal loyalty, which, of course, the FBI constitutionally cannot give to some a person. It can give it to the office of the president. This was very awkward for James Comey and they got on badly from the start. Sarah describes Comey as having a visceral dislike of Trump that verges on physical repulsion. And we can hear that when she asks him if he could ever be trusted with power again. No, absolutely. And it, it would be a really dangerous thing for our country because he's... <laughs> it's hard. You never thought you'd be able to utter this sentence. He's even nuttier and more unmoored than he was when he was president. And so the idea of him as president, just bent on retribution and destroying the system, is chilling. 
Comey also reveals how, as an FBI chief, he refused to carry a gun because he had protection, but that he still regularly receives threats from Make America Great Again fanatics, also known as MAGA. Well, there's a pervasive sense of threat I have been subjected to over the last six years, a constant stream of invective and threat from that world. It's one of the reasons I don't allow comments on my Twitter account, because I don't want other people to see that hate and nastiness. And my family has to live in yellow. I mean, that's a state of the world they have to live in. White is unawareness of the threat. Yellow is an awareness of the threat, not disabling, but you have to constantly think about um, who you're encountering and where you're going and how you're, how you're handling yourself. This is a fascinating read and up now online. Why is it I still can't get over the fact that he's six foot eight? <laughs> That's bar fights and blackouts, a fitting headline in the Sunday Times magazine for an interview with Black Sabbath's Geezer Butler. Our chief interviewer, Decker Aikenhead, talks to the guitarist about his wild days in the band, from TVs being thrown in hotel rooms to the many, many fistfights. But nowadays, his life is much calmer, with the former Hellraiser living in Las Vegas. And yet, as Decker told me, he hasn't lost touch with his Birmingham roots. He was an oasis of kind of old school brumminess in the middle of this extraordinary, very American country park estate home where he lives just outside of Vegas. Don't think I've ever been anywhere more American. They're in the middle of it. It's just, just completely laid back, sort of chilled out, 70s style brummy. I mean, obviously he doesn't look like a member of Black Sabbath anymore. He's in the 70s and he was quite clear about dignity and not wanting to be one of those kind of weird, sad, old rockers. When the bassist co-founded the band at the age of just 18, they were so poor, even indoor plumbing had been unimaginable, he says. But by the time they were making their second album, they had $75,000 to spare on drugs. Geezer gave up hard drugs in 1980 after his son was born and then stopped drinking in 2015 after almost strangling a man something he says he doesn't remember doing. All I remember was putting my villa shirt on and then having the worst hangover of all time the next day. And um, I got home and I was sitting there like, well, that was a good gig that we did. And Gloria's going, and? I said, do you mean and? He says, the bloke that you nearly strangled is suing you. And I'm, what are you talking about? I didn't strangle anybody. And then it all, she told me what happened. And she's like, oh my God. And that started me like, that's um, not boozing anymore. He now leads a much healthier life as a yoga loving vegan. As a youngster, he aspired to be an altar boy. Of course, an interview with Black Sabbath's bassist would not be complete without a mention of lead singer Ozzy Osbourne or wife Sharon. While the two remain friends, their wives and managers had a major falling out over what, well, Geezer doesn't really know, but he doubts that relationship will heal. He admits to still missing the buzz of performing, but is happy at home with his dogs and cats and Gloria and listening to talk sport. Asked by Decker what advice he'd give his 18-year-old self, he thinks. Get an accountant, he says. 
You may be familiar with Plato's fictional lost kingdom of Atlantis, sunk beneath the ocean by the gods to punish its people for their immorality. But it now seems that Germany has its own underwater rival. In a story you may have missed earlier this week, the Times Berlin correspondent Oliver Moody has written about German archaeologists' discovery of a city thought to have been lost in the 14th century. Oliver sat down with my colleague Amy Gill to discuss this recent find. Oliver, thank you for joining us at The World in 10. Now, this is a really fascinating story. Can you tell me more about this northern Atlantis? So Rungholt was a trading city off what is now the north sea coast of the North German state of Schleswig-Holstein, so up by the, the Danish border. And in about the 11th century AD, the settlers began building these, these kind of vast dikes to try and protect the town from the sea. And it became, you know, really quite a seriously powerful trading emporium, kind of like a, a Singapore of medieval northern Europe. But then in 1362, after it had been going for about 300, 400 years, there's a great storm surge and the North Sea, uh, according to legend, simply simply swallowed it up. Well, I can really see why there is this comparison to, to Atlantis. So bringing the story to the present, what did the archaeologists find? They found the outer dike that protected the, the city from the sea, stretched for about two kilometres. So we're really talking in London terms, uh, the distance from uh, Trafalgar Square to, to the MI5 headquarters. Um, and they also found a church which measured about 40 metres by 15 metres. So really, again, pretty sizable for the 14th century. And that tells us that this place really was um, a city of pretty serious magnitude at the time before it was destroyed. Oliver Moody there talking to my colleague, Amy Gill. And it was a fairy tale ending for Manchester City in the FA Cup final, beating Manchester United 2 0. Is it? There is no stopping them. Manchester City clinched the double, and the treble is one win away. As James Norcroft, the Sunday Times football correspondent, writes, only Inter Milan now stand between Pep Guardiola's team and immortality. Manchester City are one game, one last push from securing a treble. And they got there, he says, by demonstrating that amalgam of elite appetite and skill that only the great sides have. Manchester City's first goal came in just 12 seconds, an FA Cup final record. The FA Cup final. The oh! game has changed and an extraordinary start. Oh, my word. Manchester City are ahead and it has taken them... Only 12 seconds. Ilkay Gundogan went on to secure the winner as well and was rightly awarded man of the match. Next stop, Istanbul, for a showdown with Inter Milan in the Champions League final. And that's it for today's World in 10. We're back tomorrow. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history.
podcast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.